Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, listeners. I am your host, Dr. Melinda Johnson. You are tuned in to When Life Coaches You, the podcast. Welcome to Mental Health Mondays, okay? Today, uh, we're not going to talk about uh, any athletes that are in the media today. None, okay? And this is how I wanted to really kick off the podcast. However, I had received so many um, emails and comments and questions about the incident with Antonio Brown last week to where I dived right on in and I uh, we discussed him, okay? So today, though, we're going to discuss, okay, something that is still considered a taboo in sports, and it is the menstrual cycle, okay? So today, we're going to talk about the menstrual cycle and the effect on female athletic training, workouts, and performance, okay? So we're going to talk about that. Let's just dive right on in, okay? So what is what actually is premenstrual syndrome, okay? It's commonly referred to as PMS. It's a general pattern of physical, emotional, and behavioral symptoms occurring one to two weeks before and remitting with the onset of menses, okay? It is also, like I said, still considered the, a taboo in sports, okay? Um, once again, it manifests itself in emotional behaviors, in emotional behavior and physical symptoms, okay? Um, what we do know is that research shows that 85% of menstruating women experience at least one symptom of PMS as part of their monthly cycle. But approximately 75% of female athletes experience negative side effects due to menses. That we know, okay? That we know. So some of the most common side effects uh, of uh, the menstrual cycle are cramps, back pain, headaches, and bloating. Those are some of the most common side effects as far as physical-wise, okay? Psychologically, some of the symptoms include anger, anxiety, sleep disturbance, swelling of extremities, fatigue, uh, muscle aches, uh, or joint pain. Um, some of the behavior symptoms include, again, fatigue, forgetfulness, poor concentration. These are some of the things that tend to affect um, female athletes or fe women, just female in general, okay? And we know that oftentimes, sometimes PMS can be so severe to where it forces uh, a woman or, or a female um, athlete to miss work or school, okay? Because of uh, it, it can impair uh, the female athlete's uh, capacity to exercise, right? Okay, so it, it can interfere. It interferes like that, right? So it is, it is believed that changes in hormone levels and the neurotransmitter serotonin could play roles in the development of PMS symptoms. That is because serotonin, 85 to 90% of serotonin is found in the gut, in the stomach, okay? That's why there is a such thing as gut, G-U-T, health. Okay, there is a such thing as mood food. Okay, that's because serotonin, uh, majority of the serotonin in your body is in your gut. Okay, but we'll talk about that another day. We won't get into that today. Today, we're going to focus on um, how the menstrual cycle affects female athletes and their performance and their training and their workouts and all that stuff. That's what we're going to focus on today. Okay, so the menstrual cycle uh, goes through more than one phase. It's just not the phase that you go through when you are um, the day, the first day of your period, okay? Um, also known as your menses. It's, it's, it's more than just that, okay? It's more than just that. It, there actually, you know, uh, there's a 
first and a second half of, of the cycle. And in between, you have ovulation, okay? So we're going to get into the follicular phase, okay? But before we get, I talk about the follicular phase, some of the things that uh, we deal with when you're dealing with um, premenstrual, uh, the premenstrual, I mean, the menstrual cycle, you're dealing with fluctuations in strength, metabolism, inflammation, body temperature, fluid balance, um, and injury risk, okay? And that's because you're dealing with hormonal influx, uh, uh, hormonal fluctuations throughout your cycle, okay? So we know that your hormones are going to fluctuate throughout the cycle, hands down on that, okay? We already know that. That's something that we've known since, you know, we can, we first got our cycle, okay? In fact, we've known that, you know, leading up to you becoming a preteen, you know, it, the hormones start to kick in, right? So we know that. But what we don't know during this phase, I'm going to inform and enlighten you about, okay, during these phases, okay? Because it's important because this can explain, better explain to a female athlete why some days she's at her peak and she's performing and she's doing her thing and, you know, she's strong, she can lift this, she can lift that, she can bench press this, she can bench press that, she can run a mile, you know, more than what she normally run, um, whatever. Her endurance level is through the roof. And then there are times when she has, she just can't um, do anything. So this is the reason why I want to address this because although it's still such a taboo, um, not just in sports, but even with men in general, and we know that there, you know, majority of coaches are males, unfortunately, um, but they don't, and they'll never understand the cycle. And unfortunately we have some females who just overlook this as well, female coaches who overlook this as well. But I want to humanize um, the female um, monthly cycle uh, to where, you know, so that males can really see women as being human. You know, males don't like for you to talk about your period. They don't like for you to talk about your cycle. They start frowning all up, you know, acting like it's just gonna, just because they frowning up, it's gonna go away. You know, it's gonna come every month like clockwork, unless we got other little issue going on. Um, but it's, it's something that males need to learn how to deal with and cope with and stop frowning upon. Right. Okay. So during the follicular phase, okay, that's the phase we're going to talk about first. This is the pre-ovulatory phase. This is before ovulation. Okay. This phase lasts between 11 to 27 days. Uh, it is 16 days on average. Okay. Uh, in the early phases, early stages of the follicular phase, uh, uh, there is a higher tolerance and experience of higher perceived energy levels. Meaning during this phase, you can get it in, okay? You can get it in, you can work your butt off. In fact, you can do more than what you normally do as an athlete, a uh, female athlete, because your energy level is through the roof, okay? You got a high tolerance of, of, of energy. Like you, like for me, I'm, I'm not an athlete by no means, but okay, say today I went out there and say I'm in the early phase of my, early stage of my follicular phase and I go out there and I run three miles instead of the two, okay? That's because I'm feeling that high level of energy. So I'm like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't feel tired. I don't feel this. Let me go ahead and get it in, right? That's because of, of the early stages of the follicular phase, okay? Also during the follicular phase, this is the time that the female body is primed for high intensity workouts, okay? Meaning that you can do, if you normally do, you know, one, you do four to five minutes of high intensity workout, you know, during this phase, you can probably bump it up to an hour, okay? Or until, or whatever your body feel like it can do in that moment, okay? 
That's what's going on, okay? There's a rise in estro estrogen during the late follicular phase, okay? It, during, this, during the late phase, it hampers uh, pre-exercise carbohydrate storage, okay? So during this phase, carbohydrate loading the day before and during exercise might be important for the female endurance uh, athletes, okay? So that they can be able to exercise at high intensity intensities, okay? So during this phase, this phase, you can get it in, okay? If you are uh, 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 an athlete where endurance is important to whatever your sport is, this is the time for you to get it in, okay? You can get it in. It can be intense. It's going to, you know, you can just, you can go all in, okay? You can, instead of giving 100%, your body will say to you, girl, we can do 110 today, okay? That is what your body is saying. So you'll jump in and you'll give it its 110, okay? Also during this level, uh, I mean, during this uh, phase, your estrogen levels are higher during the late uh, follicular phase, okay? And it is suggested that strength training might be more effective. So also during this phase, okay, this is a phase where, you know, strength training, this is time for you to get your strength training in, okay? Because if you're normally lifting, say you're lifting 75, during this phase, you might be able to go and lift 100, okay? If, you, if, if you're lifting weights, okay? So, because that's how good you're feeling, okay? So this is the time to start you, you to up, up your, uh, your weights during this time, okay? So once we've moved through the follicular phase, now we're, we're moving into ovulation, okay? So ovulation is that time to achieve your personal best and strength, okay? So, you know, this is the time where you still, you know, you're like, okay, I've, I've gotten it in. This is my best. This is as good as it's going to get. You know, I'm at 110. I'm performing at 110 and I'm good. Okay. It's reported that, you know, this uh, is also the time where injury, uh, risk of injury is, uh, it increases. And that is because you're feeling so good to where it's possible that you may overdo it and you may accidentally um, harm yourself. Uh, during that time, okay? Because you're feeling so good, okay? Um, so then after ovulation, we cruise into the luteal phase, okay? This is the phase, okay, uh, where it includes uh, the increase in breathing and body temperature. This is a really important phase, okay? And this phase, phase is so important because it involves your muscles, uh, the, involved, the muscles that are involved for whatever exercise or sport you're playing, as well as um, your oxygen levels, okay, and your breathing. So this is this is this this phase is extremely important, okay. So during the luteal phase, your body is not primed for high intensity training, okay. This is the phase where you kind of feel sluggish and you don't know why. This is the phase that uh, ends with the first day of your period, okay? So if you're trying to figure out why you just feel so sluggish and you don't have any energy and you just can't get it together, that's because this is the phase, okay? That is the first day you start your period or your menses or the first day you start to bleed. This is that day. This is that day where you just don't wanna talk to anybody you barely want to get out the bed. You can't run one mile, let alone two. Walking is a task. That is this phase, okay? Everything is a task during this phase, okay? Just about as far as athlete-wise, okay? In performance and 
um, training and workouts, okay? Um, this is the phase where, you know, premenstrual syndrome might interfere with training and performance seven to 10 days before the menses, okay? So leading up to, you know, that first day of your period, you know, this, that, this is that phase. This is that phase where you can feel your endurance and your energy level just going down. This is that phase, okay? Um, also during this phase is where your body mass might be higher due to fluid retention. This is that phase where the bloating come in, where, you know, you know that's water weight and there's nothing you can do about it. Your genes won't come up, okay? You know, you, 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 your, your, your dress, your, your, your little, your little fumpa, uh, uh, poke it out oh, in your dress, in your cute dress. This is that phase, okay? This is where you like, oh my God, you know, you just feel heavy. You just know that it's water weight. That is, this is that phase, okay? This is also the phase where there is an increase in breathing and body temperature um, that could make it harder to run in the heat, okay? This is that phase. You remember, you don't have any energy, so you definitely can't get out there and run. And if you do, you're not gonna run like you normally run, okay? Okay, uh, so this is the this is that phase where the onset of sweating is delayed, so that sweating occurs only after the higher body temperature uh, has been reached. Okay, so it's it's harder for you to run in the heat because your body uh, temperature has not peaked yet. Okay, so you're not sweating, which means that <laughs> you're trying to figure out. Okay, God, I'm putting it all in. You ain't breaking the sweat. Your sweat is delayed because your body temperature has not peaked. Sweating occurs when your body temperature has peaked, okay? So there is a delay in um, the sweating that delays uh, your body temperature, okay? So, you know, it, it, so it's going to take you a little longer to, to, to uh, it's going to take a little bit more pumping on the gas, as they say. Uh, pressing the gas pedal to get to where you're trying to be. Okay, so it's gonna you, you need a little you need more than just a little push to get to where you need to be. Okay, if that makes any sense. Um, during the luteal phase, uh, the higher body temperature during uh, makes it harder to run in the heat because you don't begin sweating um, to dissipate heat until you have reached a higher body temperature. There's also an increase in breathing. Um, during the luteal phase, which means that less oxygen is available for the muscles involved in the exercise, okay? So it's not enough oxygen getting to the muscles that you need to run if you are a runner, right? So, and the reason why there's not enough uh, oxygen getting to the muscles in, involved because more oxygen is required by the muscles responsible for breathing. That's why, okay? That is why. So less oxygen is getting to your leg that you need to run because more oxygen is required uh, to get required in the muscles that you need in order to breathe during this phase, okay? So the body is a beautiful thing, okay? The organs are a beautiful thing. They do what they need to do even when you don't understand why. Even when you're trying to do more, your body is still saying, I'm not going to do that, okay? Female athletes. So when you're out there and you're giving it all you got and you're still only performing at 85%, that's because your body's saying, no, ma'am, 
we need to get to breathing. Like, like you need, like breathing is more important than you running that, running up and down and around that track right now. That's what your body is saying during that phase. Okay. So now that we have those phases out of the way, there are some other things that uh, tend to affect uh, athletes uh, in reference to uh, their performance and endurance. Endurance. There is this thing called dysmenorrhea. Okay. They are menstrual cramps. Okay. They are the actual menstrual cramps. Um, it, it it is painful menstruation, typically involving abdominal cramps. These cramps and pelvic pain with menstruation uh, uh, are common causes, uh, okay, of uh, cramps and pelvic pain with menstruation with common causes such as heavy flow, passing clots, uterine fibroids, and endometriosis, okay? All of these are caused by uterine contractions, okay? So when your menstrual, I mean, the menstrual cramps are caused by uterine contractions, okay? So when your uterine, when your uterus contracts, the, you know, the cramps and the pelvic pain tend to cause the, your blood flow to be heavy, your passing clots, you may have uterine fibroids, and, or you may have uh, endometriosis, okay? So these are some, some issues that you may need to have a conversation with as a female in reference to your doctor, uh, your OBGYN, uh, I mean, in reference to uh, performance, because if you're out there and you have a heavy flow, you're going to be, you're gonna, you're gonna not perform as well because your body uh, and you and you and you and you have clots and you're releasing clots. Your body is going to feel weak because of the amount of blood loss that you're losing. And then when you add all of that, when you add uh, dysmenorrhea in with the normal PMS symptoms that you're having, it can be an overload for a female athlete and she, her energy level is just not there, okay? During certain phases, okay? There are two types of dysmenorrhea, okay? The primary and the secondary. The primary, dysmen the primary uh, dysmenorrhea, uh, dysmenorrhea or dysmenorrhea, however you pronounce it, I'm not for sure. Uh, people pronounce it both ways. Uh, the primary is that most, it's the most common form of menstrual cramps that, that come back over and over again, meaning they're recurrent, okay, um, and are due to other diseases. Uh, it could be pain that usually begins one or two days before the period starts or when the bleeding starts. Um, it may feel, you may feel pain ranging from mild to, to severe in your lower abdomen, in your back or even your thighs. I didn't even know that uh, you, that's where some of the pain can come from um, when you're having stomach cramps in your thighs. I never had them and I was somebody who suffered from severe um, stomach cramps during my teenage and early um, and in my early 20s. Uh, but thigh pain was not a, something that I experienced. But as far as uh, uh, in my abdomen, in my stomach, oh my God, that was the worst pain ever, okay? Uh, and there's also pain um, that can typically last 12 to 72 hours with symptoms of nausea and vomiting, fatigue, or diarrhea. Now, I didn't have diarrhea, uh, but nausea and vomiting was a thing. I would be so uh, sick and feeling so awful, I would lay by the toilet. That's how bad I would be feeling, okay? And I would have to start taking medications prior to uh, the days leading up to the first day of my period because the pain would be so bad. Okay, 
Um, and then secondary uh, dysmenorrhea or dysmenorrhea uh, uh, are painful periods because of a disorder or an infection in the reproductive organs, such as pain usually begins, that usually begins earlier in the menstrual cycle and lasts longer than uh, common menstruation cramps, okay? So these are some, um, this, and, and then secondary uh, dysmenorrhea or dysmenorrhea, uh, it usually does not consist of nausea, vomiting, fatigue, or diarrhea. Some of the conditions of the reproductive organs include endometriosis, adenomyosis, pelvic inflammatory disease, or PID, cervical stenosis, or uterine fibroids, okay? So those are some of the things that tend to affect uh, you doing the effect, the secondary, primary and secondary during the uh, dysmenorrhea or the reason why you have such painful cramps, okay? Remember I said that the painful cramps uh, are, that I, remember I said some of the most common symptoms were cramps, back pain, headaches, and bloating. That's where the, you need to monitor your stomach cramps to make sure that uh, they're not to the point to where you're dealing with um, something more serious, okay? It's okay for you to have a conversation with your doctor because remember, stomach cramps can be de debilitating, right? Disabling, it can be so bad. Or you may be dealing with something as a female that we call premenstrual dysphoric disorder, right? Okay, it is a more severe form of premenstrual syndrome. Okay, um, it has disabling symptoms um, such as panic attacks, feelings of despair, binge eating, lack of interest in daily activities, um, alongside PMS physical symptoms. So you may be dealing with some other symptoms right along with your normal PMS symptoms that may be, uh, that may require medical attention, okay? So all, of, all PMS symptoms do not require medical attention, but some of them do, okay? And so if you are a female athlete and you're experiencing some of these disabling symptoms, I would recommend that you have a conversation with your GYN, okay? Um, so that's important, okay? So like I said, uh, PMS can be so severe to where it is a case of PMDD, okay? Some other symptoms of PMDD, okay? They can emerge one to two weeks preceding your menses, okay? Meaning before uh, your cycle begins. Remember, these are some of the same symptoms as PMS, okay? Um, and they typically resolve uh, with the onset of the menses, okay? So typically these symptoms tend to resolve or go away the first day of your period, okay? So that's how these symptoms usually uh, operate, okay? Uh, it's the mood disturbance uh, with PMDD results in marked social or occupational uh, impairment, okay? More so in interpersonal functioning, okay? Um, PMDD uh, tends to, if, if it goes untreated, um, it can likely experience, you can likely experience loss of three quality adjusted life years during their lifetime as a result of their premenstrual symptoms, okay? So what you wanna do is that you don't want to allow this to go untreated because as it, because it's, it's still such a taboo. And because you're an athlete and you think that, okay, they might put me on some medication and I may not perform my best. Oh, okay, or I might need to take a day off uh, or two days off and it will get in the way of me, of my workouts, okay? I, some athletes, female athletes think I'd rather go out there and 
perform poorly, then the doctor tell me I can't perform perform at all because I have premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Now, let me be clear. PMDD is a diagnosis in the DSM, okay? So we have some people that may be, uh, may, uh, be suffering from PMDD and don't know it because they're, they're thinking it's their normal um, PMS symptoms, or there are some female athletes that may have been diagnosed with this, but they don't want to say anything because it is such a taboo to discuss your menstrual cycle. Okay, so I want women to try to get away from that. Okay, it's important for us to get away from that. Also, uh, some of the risk factors of PMDD. Um, there's a personal history of mood or anxiety disorder, uh, family history of premenstrual mood dysregulation, um, stress, okay, uh, and age in late 20s, okay, to mid 30s, okay. Remember, I'm talking to all athletes, not just high school athletes, right? Okay. Some of the psychological symptoms of PMDD include abdominal bloating, appetite disturbance, usually it increases, okay? Breast tenderness, headaches, fatigue or feeling lethargic, uh, muscle aches and or joint pain, okay? Sleep disturbance, usually hypersomnia, meaning excessive, okay? Uh, daytime sleep, okay? Um, and swelling of extremities, okay? So these are, remember, these are some of the same symptoms of premenstrual syndrome. Okay, so they mimic one another. Okay, so female, female athletes, I need you to get in tune with what's going on with your bodies so you can receive the proper treatment so that it no longer interferes with your day to day uh, athletic training uh, workouts and uh, game day performance. This is so important. Okay, some of the behavior symptoms include fatigue, forgetfulness, poor concentration. Again, ladies. We got to do better. These are some things that this, this is definitely 100% still affecting women today because like I said, because it is such a taboo that we tend to not want to discuss this, okay? So now that I've spoken to you and I've discussed, you know, premenstrual syndrome or PMS, we've discussed uh, dysmenorrhea or dysmenorrhea, okay, stomach cramps, um, severe stomach cramps, uh, and, or should I say menstruation cramps, um, and we've discussed, uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD. These are three of the things that I really, 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 really want female athletes to, uh, become more educated about because it can definitely, uh, knowing, uh, can definitely, um, affect your performance. Um, like I said, whether it's train athletic training, uh, workouts or, um, or game day performance, this is something that you need to know and become in tune with because it, because you don't know what your potential, you may not be reaching your potential because of what you don't want to have a conversation about. Okay. So discussion is the key. You know, communicating is the key. Having a conversation with your uh, coach is the key. You know, it is so important because then this is information that you can also pass along to your teammates who can also benefit, your female uh, teammates who can also benefit. Or you may, you becoming more aware of what's going on during these phases uh, of your uh, menstrual cycle to where you can better um you can talk to, you can, it would better explain what's going on with your uh, 
with some with another player or with a sibling or with your mom or just in general knowing is always the key okay the only way the menstrual cycle in sports among female athletes will no longer be, be taboo is if women stop being ashamed of it themselves okay it is a fact that low hormonal phases is optimal for performance okay you got to do better women we got to do better female athletes we got to do better you know i know it can be embarrassing okay it can be embarrassing to talk to your male coach about uh you, you, a certain phase of your cycle where you just don't have the energy level, you know, but it's best to talk to your coach because then it better explain, you know, why the, in two weeks, your other teammate will be acting like that. The coach, if it's better explained to the coach, the coach will stop screaming at you like a crazy person saying, what are you doing? You're not performing your best. Get off my court, get off my track, you know, it, you know, go to the locker room. What are you doing? You're not here today. You know the things that coaches say. It can, you know, reduce his blood pressure when he knows what's really going on with his star athlete rather than thinking that his star athlete is just not performing her best today. The why is extremely important, okay? Why is your, uh, your uh, starter not starting today? Why did you have to bench your starter? That is so important, okay? Because then that would help better educate your coach, female or male coach, okay? That doesn't miss, just because your coach may be a female, that doesn't mean she knows, okay? So knowing is always the key. Being aware is always the key, okay? So let's remove the taboo from sports as it pertains to, you know, the menstrual cycle, okay? Let's do that. But ladies, we have to start doing it first. And the first thing you have to do is become more in tune with your body. And that becoming more in tune with your body will help your performance level. That is all that I have on today. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Dr. Melinda Johnson. Have a good night.